So we have a bombshell story being ignored by the media. The NIH admits that it funded gain-of-function research. Remember, this used to be a conspiracy theory, and now the government is admitting this. If you suggested that Dr. Fauci, that the NIH, that the U.S. government actually funded research at the Wuhan lab to alter bat viruses to enable them to spread to humans. I mean, you had to be like a Trump-supporting Rand Paul lunatic to ever mention that in public, and you were branded a conspiracy theorist. Well, now the NIH, they're admitting it. They wrote a letter admitting that Dr. Fauci used our tax dollars to fund Chinese research, literally to alter coronaviruses that come from bats enabling them to infect humans. I repeat, our tax dollars were used. This is like the ultimate, this should be plastered across every newspaper in the country, except that Dr. Fauci is a big hero and a big celebrity. And then then they wonder, why don't we trust Fauci? Why don't people trust Fauci? Our tax dollars were used, this is confirmed by the NIH, to fund the Wuhan lab in researching mutating viruses that came out of bats, making them able to infect humans. I mean, Rand Paul was right all along. Dr. Fauci was lying. But by the way, the NIH says that Dr. Fauci was not lying. When he denied this story, Rand Paul asked him point blank under oath, did you fund gain-of-function research? No, stop lying. That's what Fauci told Rand Paul. We'll tell you all the details coming up. I mean, this is like one of those sci-fi horror movies where the government leader who's fighting the pandemic is actually the person who helped create the pandemic. Only this is not a nightmare. This is like reality. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to wake up and realize that the whole thing was just a dream. But the, but the media is so busy with January 6th. All right. All the details coming up. The Department of Homeland Security is finally building a wall. They're again, building a wall again after Biden stopped, halted the the wall. But the problem is this is not, this wall is not on the Mexican border. Yes, under Biden, Homeland Security is building a wall in Delaware. You cannot make it up. That story's coming up. Senator Ted Cruz has put forth a new bill that would turn Martha's Vineyard and Silicon Valley into sanctuary cities. You ever know, I mean, Ocasio should support this bill. Yes, Ted Cruz He's advancing legislation, proposing legislation, not going to go too far in the Democrat-controlled Senate that would allow Martha's Vineyard and Silicon Valley to be turned into sanctuary cities. You ever notice the Democrats, they're always putting illegal aliens in black and Hispanic low-income communities. You know, well, Ted Cruz says, let's send them to the areas where rich white Democrats hang out. I mean, wouldn't Ocasio-Cortez and Elon Omar Support that bill. Don't Let's not hold our breath. All right, a stunning report from Gallup. Gallup says that Joe Biden's recent plunge in the polls, this is unreal. Uh, this is astonishing. This is the worst drop in the polls in, in approval ratings since World War II. This is according to Gallup. By the way, Gallup is a leftist-leaning polling service. In the nine months that Biden has been president, his poll numbers have dropped more steeply than any president, we're talking about this, the, how steeply the, ha, his numbers have dropped, how steep this drop is, this curve is, the, the plunge. It, it, Biden's approval ratings have dropped more steeply than any president in nearly 80 years when you look at this short period of time and how far down the numbers came. This is new polling from Gallup. Biden's approval, now there are different polls, Quinnipiac, they have the, the approval numbers at different spots. The, the, what I always say is it's much more about the trend 
than it is about the actual numbers because different polls will have will clearly have very different numbers. You'll have some polls Biden in the high 30s, some of them have him in the low or the mid or the low 30s. Either way, he's very low. He's in the tank. One thing all the all these polls agree on is Biden's numbers are in the tank big time, but it's much more about the trajectory. So it's taking the same poll and looking at the trend over the past weeks and months. So. It dropped, according to Gallup, it went from 56% in the beginning of the first quarter of his presidency to 44.7%. So they have an 11.3% drop. Gallup has an 11.3% drop in the polls in, in Biden's approval numbers. That has not happened by any president since the World War II era. But you know what's amazing? So, that, I mean, this is just Biden's entire presidency. It is a, it is a nightmare. It's only going to get worse Clearly, because nobody's running the show, certainly not Joe Biden. And we're not surprised because Biden's policies are a disaster. He, he is governing based on or whoever's running his show, governing based on one platform, reverse Trump, just revert whatever Trump did, do the opposite, whether it's the border, whether it's Iran, whether it's the economy. And you know what that you know what that does when when Trump was so successful, that leads to failure. But here's what's incredible is Biden's numbers are close to three other presidents. Nobody's been this bad in about 80 years. But the, but, but the three presidents who came closest, who were almost as bad, were all Democrat presidents in terms of in the beginning of their presidency, the beginning of their terms having such a steep drop. So according to Gallup, the 11-point decline is the biggest by any president between his first and third quarters. But it's similar, get this, to the last three Democrat presidents, Obama, Clinton, and Carter. Obama dropped by 10 points in the first nine months of his presidency. Carter by nine points. Clinton by seven points. So Democrat presidents, unless they get smart like Clinton for the most part and shift to more conservative policies, Democrat presidents, I mean, they, they just have abysmal numbers. And, uh, and that's not surprising at all. All right, so we have shocking new numbers on illegals. Before we get to the Fauci story, uh, shocking new numbers on illegal crossings of the border. Biden, it's official that Biden is the worst president ever when it comes to protecting the southern border with Mexico. Now, that's obviously no surprise. We've already known this, but like the numbers actually prove it. So Biden, now it's official. We'll, we'll read you these numbers here just how bad Biden's record is on the border. And again, in a very short period of time. Now, in Biden's defense, he, he told migrants, do not come across the border. You know, look, he tried. He, he In a very nice way, Biden pleaded with them. You know, the, the, the Biden people, they said, listen, don't come across the border. Whatever you do, migrants, don't come across the border. Now, are we going to stop you? We're not going to stop you. We're going to let you come right through. We have open border policies. We've gotten rid of Remain in Mexico. We'll let you come. But please, wink, wink, please don't come. Please don't force us to release you into society unvaccinated. So we'll give you those numbers coming up. All right. So as I said, bombshell story. The government admits that Dr. Fauci funded gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Lab of Virology. This letter was written by the NIH. Fauci works for the NIH, Fauci is supposed to be the country's top infectious disease specialist. Well, he's such a, a specialist when it comes to infectious disease that he used our tax dollars to fund research into infectious disease and basically make bat coronaviruses become human coronaviruses. I mean, it's so twisted. It, this is so horrific. The man who's fighting the pandemic was actually involved in creating the pandemic, or at least all the evidence suggests that. I mean, it's like this horrific 
sci-fi movie plot, as I said. So Rand Paul accused Fauci. Rand Paul literally grilled Fauci in the Senate under oath of funding gain-of-function research, and Fauci abjectly denied it. He accused Paul of being a liar. The mainstream media ran with it at the time, and they essentially questioned Rand Paul and questioned whether Rand Paul was lying. And I'll read you the quote here in a moment. He, he, Fauci said, quote, I totally resent the lie you are now propagating. Rand Paul asked Fauci about this exact funding that the NIH now admits is true. So Rand Paul was right. Uh, Fauci was wrong. Fauci was lying, even though they're saying he wasn't, we'll explain. And Fauci said to Rand Paul, I totally resent the lie that you are now propagating. So literally accusing Rand Paul of being a liar. Fauci committed perjury. Is he going to be indicted? Of course not, because the Democrats love him. But um, the NIH basically put out, they, they are now admitting what Rand Paul said was the case. I'm going to read you the details here in a moment. That that testimony was on July 20th. And I'm going to read you here from an article, I believe, in Vanity Fair, which said, quote, you did not have to be a Democrat to be fed up with all the xenophobic finger pointing and outright disinformation, including the claim that COVID-19 was a bioweapon cooked up in a lab. Senator Rand Paul grilled Fauci on the funding by the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, of dangerous coronavirus research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Well, this past Wednesday, the NIH put out a letter, sent it to members of Congress, acknowledging two bombshells. And I'm now, now I'm paraphrasing. I'm not reading directly from this article. First, you need to be – now, before I explain the two bombshells here, you need to be aware the EcoHealth Alliance, this money was pumped through the EcoHealth Alliance. The EcoHealth Alliance group, that is a nonprofit research group which Fauci gave millions in grant money to to fund virus research. That's not in dispute, by the way. That's something that, that Fauci – that everybody that, – those are facts, that, that Fauci, the NIH – um, and Fauci's division of the NIH actually gave millions in grant money to EcoHealth Alliance, and EcoHealth Alliance worked with the Chinese Wuhan lab to do to do virus re- to conduct virus research. That that has never been in dispute. The dispute was whether or not that research included gain of function research, which is when they bioengineer, when they mutate these bat viruses to make them uh, transmit to humans and, and and dangerous for humans. So this letter now revealed two shocking. Pieces of information, which Rand Paul already knew months ago. Number one is that EcoHealth Alliance um, did enhance a bat coronavirus to become more infectious to humans. And the NIH letter described that as an unexpected result of the research. I don't care. But the, the fact is that the money that was used to fund EcoHealth Alliance and their research, that first, they should not be doing research with the China. How are you doing research on viruses with China, with communists, with the evil China and, and, and the Wuhan lab to begin with. It's just absurd. And, and like then they, they asked one senator, asked Fauci at one point, you know, how do you trust that the people you're giving the grant money to, that the Chinese people, how do you trust that they're actually doing what they claim they're doing, which is not using it for gain-of-function research? And Fauci said, well, we generally trust the, the, the grantee. We generally trust them. It's like the honor system. I mean, the honor system, you, you generally trust them? We played you that clip weeks ago. So now here's the second uh, bombshell, which is EcoHealth Alliance violated the terms of its grant conditions. The conditions of the grant were they were supposed to alert the government. Remember, EcoHealth Alliance, that's an American group. They were supposed to alert the government if the research led to unusual growth of a virus that could hurt humans, which is exactly what happened. The grant conditions stipulated Eco Alliance had to report if the research increased the viral growth of a pathogen by tenfold. Um, and what's amazing is the NIH – 
now says that they didn't know about this until now. They say that the EcoHealth Alliance only sent the report to the NIH in August that um, verified these two bombshells, that this was actually done, the the, the gain-of-function research was conducted, and that the virus, the viral growth, increased by a lot more than tenfold. So an NIH spokesman told Vanity Fair magazine Dr. Fauci was entirely truthful uh, when he lied to Congress, basically. They're not calling it a lie, but Fauci lied to Congress, lied to Rand Paul. They're saying, no, he was being truthful. Why? Because he did not have the progress report. He did not have this information in July. He did not have this information. EcoHealth Alliance did not share the information. They were supposed to report the information, but according to NIH, they did not report that information. So Fauci did not know that information. Here's the problem with that. Fauci was lying, and and, and here's why. Number one, EcoHealth Alliance, they're contradicting the NIH. They're saying that they reported the data back in 2018. They're saying that Fauci knew, and the NIH was well aware that this gain-of-function research took place and that it was funded by taxpayer dollars, and Fauci lied. So so it's he said, he said, because uh, the NIH is saying, well, we didn't know about it until this past August, and EcoHealth Alliance is saying that's not true. We disclosed this years ago. In addition, Fauci lied anyway because when Rand Paul – uh, point blank said to Fauci, hey, you're funding, you use tax dollars to fund gain-of-function research. Fauci didn't say, well, I don't know. We never verified it. He didn't say, well, let's look into it. I have no, I, I have no knowledge of that. He didn't say any, anything. He categorically denied it. He didn't say he was not aware. He said, this did not happen. He said, you're lying. You're propagating a lie. So he was talking factually, okay? If he didn't know, then he didn't know. He, he could have said, listen, I'm going to look into that. Thank you for making this accusation. You are a, a sinning U.S. senator, Senator Paul, so I'm going to take this very seriously. He said, no, that's not true. We didn't fund gain-of-function research. He said it categorically. He didn't have any doubts about it, and it turns out, whether he knew about it or not, that Rand Paul was 100 percent right. So that's a lie. That, that, that happens to be a lie. When, when, when you say that something, you don't just deny knowing about it. You say, listen, this did not happen, and you call the accuser a liar, and the accuser turns out to be right, and you were wrong because you had lack of knowledge. Well, you should have gone and done your research. You shouldn't say, well, whoops, you know, I was not aware of it. Well, sorry that, you know, tell Rand Paul you're not aware of it, but don't tell him that he's lying and basically allow the entire media to make Rand Paul into a conspiracy theorist and just totally mock him. And by the way, this letter from the NIH, they're saying that the virus clear that the virus that that was worked on with U.S. taxpayer dollars was not the COVID virus. It's not SARS-CoV-2. It's not the same virus because of genetic differences, as though they have any credibility. At this point, they have, of course, they're going to deny it. Of course, they don't want to be the ones that are behind the pandemic. But at this point, there is way too much evidence that, that Fauci and the, and the NIH and our tax dollars actually created, created the pandemic and created COVID-19. So the fact that they're looking at the two and they say, well, no, these are not the same viruses. I'm sorry, but they have no credibility there. So we're going to have to obviously keep an eye on that. Richard Ebright, professor of chemical biology at Rutgers University, says that Fauci lied under oath. He told the Washington Examiner that um, this letter is a bombshell admission because it corrects the untruthful assertions by Fauci and by NIH Director Francis Collins, who's Fauci's boss, who both claimed that the NIH did not fund gain-of-function research in Wuhan. Ebright told the Washington Examiner it is incontrovertibly correct that EcoHealth and its Wuhan partner constructed artificial viruses that do not have counterparts in nature that exhibited 10,000 times enhanced viral load when placed into humanized mice. So in English, that means that they manipulated a bat coronavirus to make it extremely dangerous to humans. And uh, as I said, this goes way deeper than Fauci just lying under oath. It means Fauci and EcoHealth Alliance covered up the fact that 
they literally, the funding they were given, literally led to a deadly virus that they were required to report to the government. I mean, it doesn't take a Mensa member here to do the math here, put that together with the knowledge that we know about COVID-19, even though they've been denying for how, how many, how long did they deny that it even came out of a lab until they were forced to admit that because it's undeniable. All right, another bombshell about Dr. Fauci, it has been revealed that Dr. Fauci funded a study. This is horrific. This is just so unspeakable. Dr. Fauci's uh, 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 division of the NIH funded a study in which puppies were viciously tortured and killed. Puppies, puppies were viciously tortured and killed and Congress wants an explanation. Republicans and Democrats are demanding to know why Dr. Fauci used tax dollars to torture puppies. I, I wish, I mean, it's not, uh, there's nothing funny here about this. This is just horrifying. Fauci was asked by Congress about allegations that his division of the NIH provided a grant to a lab in Tunisia to torture and kill dozens of beagle puppies in uh, extremely sick and twisted experiments. 24 members of Congress expressed their grave concerns about the reports. According to documents which were obtained via a FOIA request, the NIAID, which is doctor, which is led by Dr. Fauci, spent $1.6 million on tests involving 44 puppies. Researchers locked, according to this report, researchers locked the dogs in cages with hungry flies so that the flies could eat the puppies alive. Some of the pooches were also allegedly injected with disease-causing parasites. Here's a quote from the letter from Congress. Quote, the tests involved injecting and force-feeding the puppies an experimental drug before killing them and dissecting them. The Congress people also asked about allegations that the scientists slit the dog's vocal cords so that they would not bark during the experiment. And the Congress says this is a reprehensible misuse of taxpayer funds, obviously. So we're going to see, I mean, where's PETA? Where's PETA about all this? We're going to see, of course, um, whether, you know, how Fauci responds or whether Fauci responds at all. Moving on, as we said, Homeland Security is finally building a wall. This is according to the New York Post, but it's not a border wall. It's not to keep out illegals. Homeland Security is building a wall around Joe Biden's beach house in Delaware. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. They're finally building a wall. This wall is going to cost $450,000 after Biden halted construction of Trump's border wall. They're putting a wall around Biden's beach house, and they're spending almost half a million dollars in taxpayer funds. DHS is um, building this security fence around Biden's beach house in Delaware. Um Despite the historic flood of illegal immigrants crossing the southern border, we've halted that project. We need a wall more than ever. Let's put it around Biden's beach house. Senator Ted Cruz, as we've said, has introduced legislation that would send illegals to Martha's Vineyard and to Palo Alto and other high-class Democrat cities. Cruz said, quote, today I'm introducing crucial legislation to alleviate the massive overload at the southern border by establishing new ports of entry in Democrat communities such as North Hero, Vermont, where Bernie Sanders is spends his summers, and Martha's Vineyard, where Democrat elites host their cocktail parties. And just think about this. You know, the Democrats, they make New York City a sanctuary city. They make San Francisco a sanctuary city. And a bunch of other Democrat low-income low minority communities are what's used as sanctuary cities, but they don't put illegals in their own backyard. It's like they don't want their fancy areas where Congress people and the elite and Democrat, you know, the white Democrat wealthy, they actually live and vacation and party and uh, have, you know, have all sorts of events and stuff. They don't want those to be sanctuary cities. So Ted Cruz says, well, it's about time we make those ports of entry. 
All right, so the, and, and there's an incredible shift happening in the Middle East. Um, it's, it's really astonishing, and it's a direct result. And what's happening is essentially the Palestinians are really being marginalized and uh, defunded. They're defunding the Palestinians. This is a great story. It's clearly a result of President Trump's policies and of Jared Kushner and all the hard work that they did on the Middle East, exposing the Palestinians for what they are. The Palestinians are terrorists. The, I'm talking about the moderate Palestin- Palestinians, the PA and Mahmoud Abbas. They are terrorists, and um, and a lot of their funding has been stripped, and now it's okay. You know, Trump has made it okay. He moved the goal line so far over by by exposing the Palestinians. So it's now even spread to Europe, and even Biden is under pressure. So uh, the Palestinians are getting completely ignored by former friends like the Europeans. Do you know the Palestinians have not received funding from the EU since the beginning of this year? And there's a lot of concern that uh, they might suffer financial collapse. I'm not concerned. I hope they suffer financial collapse, especially since they use hundreds of millions of dollars to fund terrorists, to give stipends to the families of terrorists in the pay-to-slave program. The PA has a budget deficit of nearly $800 million in 2021, according to the United Nation. So uh, the PA has received just $31.7 million in total foreign funding this year. Back in 2019, just by contrast, the PA got $446 million by the end of August. So far this year, it's only been $31 million. The EU is the largest single donor to the PA, to the Palestinian Authority. But the EU says they've had technical difficulties. They haven't been able to fund the Palestinians because of technical difficulties. There's a complex – come on, give me a break. Technical difficulties. Sorry, we couldn't figure out how to wire the money. This is a quote here from the from the EU. Quote: This is a complex bureaucratic procedure that has been drawn out, as well as disagreements as to what each country should get. That's what a Western diplomat in Ramallah uh, told a, an Israeli newspaper in September. So basically, Mahmoud Abbas, he is you know he's sixteen. You know exaggeration. He's sixteen years into a four year term. His his term was supposed to expire in 2019. Mahmoud Abbas is literally 16 years into a four-year term. So what happened is after 2007, Abbas has been ruling by basically dictatorship, executive fiat, they call it. So Abbas has forced himself on the Palestinians as as the ruler. And um, in the beginning of this year, he he actually announced uh, uh, that there'd be elections being held. But then he canceled the election. Then when he realized he was going to lose, he actually canceled the election. So what's happening is that the whole thing's just a, it's just a sham. The whole Palestinian people is a sham. They played the victims. They paid, they played the martyrs. And then Trump basically turned the, 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 the Arab Gulf countries against the Palestinians, um, forced their hand because he basically gave them, let's be honest, Trump bribed them, the Saudis and, uh, and Bahrain and Qatar and the UAE. He bribed them to basically throw the Palestinians under the bus. And, and, and those countries never cared about the Palestinians to begin with. It was just a way of them, uh, you know, using the Palestinians as victims of Israel. But now all those countries have gotten friendly with Israel because they're so afraid uh, of the, uh, of Iran, of the Iranian regime. It's pretty amazing what's gone on here. So, uh, meanwhile, so basically the Palestinians have just been thrown under the bus and the European Union as well. The European Union, you know, once it got exposed and once you realize that, you know, the Palestinians are just a bunch of terrorists and, uh, you know, they, they literally attack Israel every, every chance they get and they act like victims and they're not. So that's been exposed. That whole myth now has been debunked and nobody cares about the Palestinians anymore. They, they've just totally lost public support other than Ben and Jerry nobody cares including the media like the media just has no interest anymore because now now the truth is out now by the way in addition we told you about this the PA has come under 
huge criticism after the death of Nizar Banat. There was a, a, an opposition activist in the Palestinian Authority who was murdered in June by the Palestinian police. They literally, PA security forces, invaded his house in the middle of the night, pulled him out, and beat him to death. And that became very public. And that uh, there, there were protests, but those protests were suppressed, brutally suppressed by the Palestinian police. All right, the State Department has quietly admitted, this is an Afghanistan story here, the State Department admits that there are hundreds of Americans trapped in Afghanistan. They admit, now, to me, if the State Department admits that it's hundreds, I would imagine it's probably thousands. Remember, they told us they had no idea how many they are. There's no way of knowing. But they have quietly admitted that it's hundreds. Uh, 363 Americans, they say, are trapped. Now, I call this a, a hostage crisis. 176, according to the State Department, are desperate to leave the country immediately. I don't know why the others are not desperate, but 363, or maybe just the State Department doesn't know, it just only knows for a fact that 176 are begging to leave immediately. But either way, the State Department admits 363 Americans trapped in Afghanistan. Remember back in August, Jen Psaki said that it's irresponsible to say that Americans are stranded in Afghanistan. That was literally Psaki her own words, she said, it's irresponsible. Don't say that Americans are stranded in Afghanistan. Now the State Department admits 363 Americans are stuck in Afghanistan. I agree with Jem Psaki. It, stranded is way too soft a word. Stranded is when, like, they cancel your flight home from, from, from Tahiti. You're stranded in Tahiti. This is not stranded. It's irresponsible to call them stranded. Jem Psaki is 100% right. They're being held captive. I mean, they're being held hostage. All right, so disturbing new border numbers. Uh, Joe Biden's track record on the border is officially the worst in recorded history. The rate of illegal border crossings has increased faster in the past nine months since Biden took office than at any point in the 97 years that Border Patrol has been in existence. I, I want to repeat that. The rate of illegal, we're talking about the rate, the rate of illegal border crossings, the increase has, got, has, has gone up faster in the last nine months then at any point in 97 years, and that's when Border Patrol started. That's the inception of Border Patrol 97 years ago. According to the Washington Examiner, data released on Friday by U.S. Border Protection shows that law enforcement stopped 1.9 million illegals who tried to gain entry into the United States so far this year. The majority of the 1.9 million is 1.6 million. The vast majority were stopped by Border Patrol. And that is close to the highest number seen over the past century. But the, again, the increase, they stopped 1.6 million. That is nearly the highest in the past 100 years. But uh, the rate, the, the rate of increase uh, over the course of this past year is actually the highest rate of increase. So in fiscal year 2020, border officials encountered, just by contrast, last year, 2020, border officials encountered 646,000 people nationwide, illegals. Who came across in 2019, which was a crisis. Remember, 2020, you had COVID and you had Trump's remain in Mexico, so the number diminished a lot. But in 2019, that was the, that was considered a crisis at the southern border. That was 1.1 million people taken into custody. This is 1.6 million already this year. The 1.6 million, well, I'm sorry, the 1.6 million was in fiscal 2021, so it's 12 months. That is the third highest in U.S. history. Only twice before has it been higher. That was back in 1986 under Reagan and in 2000. Under Clinton, Joe Biden did a town hall on Thursday, and he basically said he doesn't have enough time to go and visit the border. He was asked why he hasn't visited the border, and he claimed that he doesn't have enough time. He's made dozens of trips. He goes back and forth to and from Delaware all the time. 
it would only take him a few hours to go down to the border and assess the situation. But he was he did a town hall with CNN's Anderson Cooper. And he said, quote, he pulled the Kamala Harris line. He said, quote, I've been there before. He said, I guess I should go down. Biden said, I guess I should go down. But then he says, I haven't had a whole lot of time to get down. My wife, Jill, has been down. She's been on both sides of the river. She's seen the circumstances. She's looked into those places. So, well, Jill Biden, well, okay, his wife went. Why should Joe Biden have to go to the border? His wife went, as though his wife is the one who's setting the policies. So Biden has gone to Delaware a total of 24 times as president. He has spent 10 weekends at the presidential retreat at Camp David, but he doesn't have 10 hours to go down to the border and speak with actual Border Patrol one-on-one. It's just outrageous. Meanwhile, Jen Psaki was asked about this, and she defended Biden. She said, quote, there has been reporting that he drove through the border when he was on the campaign trail in 2018, and he's certainly familiar with it. He's familiar with the border. He went there and he went, I'm sorry, 2008. Did I say 2018? I apologize. On the campaign trail back in 2008, when he was literally running for president, back, back, back when Obama ended up, when it was Obama Hillary who ended up fighting it out. And Obama, of course, won the nomination, obviously. So uh, Biden drove through the border uh, in 2008. So he doesn't need to visit the border now. I mean, that's her. Def- it's just absurd. All right, the inspector general, we told you about Andrew McCabe. And this disgraceful story that uh, the government settled with Andrew McCabe, a lawsuit where um, he was fired because he lied to investigators multiple times. He committed crimes, Andrew McCabe, allegedly, and yet he was never indicted. There's a referral for his indictment, but he was never indicted because he's a Democrat. Democrats don't get indicted by the DOJ, as we know, even under Trump, inexplicably. But um, now, 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 why did A.G. Barr, William Barr, not indict uh, Andrew McCabe, I have no idea. But either way, the inspector general, so now Andrew McCabe, so, so Jeff Sessions, Jeff Sessions was no fan of Trump. Jeff Sessions was considered very moderate. And of course, we know that he resisted a lot of pressure from Trump. And yet he fired McCabe several days before McCabe was set to retire with a full pension because he lied to investigators multiple times in, 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 in relation to the, the, the Hillary Clinton Foundation, the, well, the Hillary investigations and, and the Clinton Foundation investigations. Um, back in 2016. Either way, Michael Horowitz, the uh, IG, the inspector general, he stands by his report that, um, that that Andrew McCabe, the former FBI deputy director, lied repeatedly during a criminal leak investigation. What happened was uh, they, they investigated Andrew McCabe for leaking his investigation into the Clinton Foundation to the media, to the Wall Street Journal, and he lied to investigators repeatedly. And that's according to the IG. IG Michael Horowitz, by the way, He's, he's an independent watchdog. He, by no stretch, is he a conservative or is he a Trump supporter? He plays it very middle of the road, as we saw many times from a lot of his reports about Spygate and, and, and FISA and that whole mess and everything else. So Michael Horowitz, he's not partisan at all, and he stands by his story. We told you the DOJ reached a settlement last week that reversed McCabe's firing, restored his pension. So the IG, Michael Horowitz, he stands by he, – he, he actually testified before the Senate about this last week, and he stands by his report in 2018 detailing multiple instances in which McCabe lacked candor with James Comey, who was the FBI director at the time, and FBI investigators, lacked candor. In other words, he lied uh, about his authorization to leak sensitive information to the Wall Street Journal when he revealed the FBI investigation into the Clinton Foundation back in 2016. 
Uh, I mean, McCabe is so corrupt, it is egregious that Biden is giving him back all of his benefits just because he happens to be a Democrat and he happens to be a big supporter of Democrats and he happens to be good buddies with the Clinton. I mean, and the media is burying this story, of course. All right. And Christopher Steele, we told you that we would tell you the details here. Christopher Steele was interviewed by George Stephanopoulos on ABC about the credibility of the Steele dossier, the debunked, discredited Steele dossier. I mean, this is just such a charade here. You have Stephanopoulos, who's a former Clinton staffer. He's interviewing this man who everybody knows is a liar. I mean, and Christopher Steele, of course, was hired by the Hillary campaign to put together this false dossier. Dossier. You know, as Rush Limbaugh said, they call it a dossier. Because Why don't they just call it a report? They call it a dossier because they want, it, they want to make it sound like it's like this incriminating document. I mean, what is it? It's just, it's just a, a made-up piece of fiction. So you know how you know the Steele dossier is fake? Because Bob Mueller discredited the Steele dossier. He had every reason not to. Michael Cohn, who turned on Trump, and ratted out on Trump, even though there was no, he, there was nothing there th- th- for them to use to indict Trump, Michael Cohen. But he tried, and he got m- many, many years off of his prison sentence because he cooperated against Trump. He discredited the dossier. I mean, the dossier was funded by Hillary, and yet everybody who hates Trump debunked the dossier, and and it was a piece, It was literally funded by Hillary and her campaign to discredit Trump, and yet Christopher Steele told Stephanopoulos that he stands by the steel, the dossier, and he claims that he got the dirt from a Kremlin insider. All sorts of accusations there against Trump, uh, claiming that he conspired with Russia, which, as I said, have been debunked. Um, so Christopher Steele stands by the claim that Michael Cohn visited Prague, which Michael Cohn and everybody else completely, and, and, and Bob Mueller completely debunked. The only bombshell in this interview is that Steele admitted that not everything in the dossier was true. He literally admitted that. He said that he that that, that he doesn't that, that that he doesn't believe that 100 percent of what's in the dossier is true. That to me is a bombshell because that's the if you have Steele himself admitting that the dossier is partially false, then that you know the entire thing is a work of fiction. He's never going to say that. But like if they give you a grain of truth like that, that literally tells you all you need to know. Stephanopoulos asked Steele if he thought it hurt his credibility that he would not accept the findings of the FBI that his dossier was false, at least in terms of the trip to Prague by Michael Cohen and many other details. Steele said, quote, I'm prepared to accept that not everything in the dossier is 100%. I have yet to be convinced that that is one of them. Again, that was in reference to their trip to Prague. So, I mean, that tells you basically everything you need to know. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.